Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan coming to you, uh, talking about Garen's message on the Trinity, part three, on February 4th, 2024. And, uh, you know, Garen, before we jump in, you know, I'm just curious how you spent your Sunday yesterday because there's no football. There's no, there's no chiefs to root against. There's no Broncos to root for. Garen, what'd you do with yourself all day long on, on the Sabbath? Yeah. Other than my four hour nap, uh, ended up having the grandkids part of the afternoon. So got to be the, the coffee guy and the shopping guy and the teacher at the school and yeah, doctor. I got to be the doctor. Oh, wow. I got to be the patient. Uh, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Wear a lot of hats in that role <laughs> and they're all fun. So got to be the reader, but you had, all that fun you stuff. had NFL on the brain cause you thought it was going to be Bronco night. And yeah. Bronco. I, yeah, that totally, I you was so s- excited. Ladies were going to do Broncos. You night. could still come with your Jersey. I bet it would still be. Yeah. Good I still might do that. Just show yeah. up and say, ladies, thanks for uh-huh. the support. And yeah, they might boo you out of that place. Probably would. <laughs> yeah. Certain people, especially if they showed up, I'd be get dangerous. booed out of there. That'd be dangerous to show up. If, yeah. yeah. Be glutton for punishment on that one. Well, let's jump right in here, Garen, because you talked about some really good things. And man, there were a few times during your sermon yesterday where I was just like the light bulb went on for me on a few things I hadn't really thought about before. So I'm excited to talk about this. But first of all, the opener, the hammer dulcimer opener from oh, Rich. Yeah. Oh, that Wasn't was so that? good. Yeah. Um, Thank Evan Morris for that. I think that if you have ever seen Hammer Dulcimer perform live, you know how impressive that is. Yes. Just so neat. I've only seen it once or maybe twice. Have you ever seen Rich play on? Rich yeah, once and then someone ones. else once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And like I, I think I said first service, not second, that we got to see Rich perform that before he had even made it pub- that song public. Yeah. He said, we just, I just finished this up and I'd like you guys to hear it, so see cool. what you think. And I mean, we... we we were like standing at the end. It oh, was yeah. just so powerful. So cool. And such an iconic, uh, just first few chords. You yeah. Know? So as soon as you play it, I mean, if you've heard it before, you know what's coming. So yeah. That was great. And Evan did a great job with it. I really appreciate it. He had done that for me before many years ago and I wanted an updated version. So he, he really hit it out of the ballpark. He yeah. always does. So it was cool. So we started off there, just that creative, you know, talking about the Trinity making us, that it's formative for us, that because these certain things are core at the identity of the Trinity that it must have implications for us. Yes. And so just getting back into that, why does this matter? And so, you know, God is the model community, but we always want to know what was like, what is life like inside the Trinity? What was it like before humanity? What is it like now? And I don't think I've ever pondered that question in my life. I don't think I've ever thought like, yeah, what is what that? Is life right. like in the Trinity? Well, it's because I think the Trinity is, again, it's something, it's a belief that we just put on the shelf because it's hard to understand. And I don't think, and this is me, ever, until I started reading a lot and thinking about it, you just don't think about that. It's just not yeah. something you think about. It's like, 
What's that community like? How did they function? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like uh, if we were going to do a, a, a Christian reality TV show, like not keeping up with the Kardashians, but keeping up with keeping the Trinity. Keeping up with the Trinity. And we like check in on them. That'd Price. Be, be so boring. I was like, probably get pretty low ratings, yeah. huh? There'd be no drama. No drama. No backstabbing, no, no yeah. lying. So yep. like, oh, hey, Father, Son, Spirit, still, wow. still getting along perfectly yeah. together. This okay. is a really healthy group. Like, yeah. We don't like to watch health on TV. We like to, like to watch unhealth. So yeah. that would probably flame out. But that's what I thought of was the, uh, that, that could be our next media thing. We Maybe after the chosen's done, we could get him, Jenkins, oh, yeah. to take that up. I think Life that, in the Trinity or something. I think and, Dallas would direct yeah. that. Dallas to do have that. You, have you seen the, any new Chosen episodes? No, I, but I've heard the one that came out was really good. I've heard some controversy. Oh, you've heard controversy already? Yeah. Yeah. Dallas is shaking things up. So we'll leave it at that, but we may have some discussions. Well, then he and I will both later. be without a job then here pretty soon. Yeah, you huh? guys can start your own thing. <laughs> you can be exec- executive producer on Keeping Up With The Trinity. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll get a credit to your name. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, okay, you introduced this idea of shyness. And I got to admit, Garen, when you first said the word, I was not only a little confused, I was a little <laughs> apprehensive. Like, yeah. Because like, we had just the week before with students talked about how shyness is actually a form of pride. Yeah. And so I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> but then you talked about this shyness of deference, this shyness of other-centeredness. Yeah. And uh, that Bruner quote was so good. We won't have you read the whole thing again because it was so long, but. Um, if you watch, you know, pay attention to that one because he ties it up so well. He, he encapsulates this idea of shyness and deferring to others. And so we, we see that that's really what the Trinity is made of. It's this mutual deference to one another. Yeah. That no one is trying to draw more attention to themselves than the others. He's, they're always deferring and looking to glorify the others. Yeah. And it's uh, the concept when I encountered this and read that, and started thinking about the Trinity. It was all pretty new. I mean, we can get into this, but for a long time, if I were to summarize how I saw this, Jordan, I felt like, yeah, the, the Trinity is, I mean, the spirit is super shy because he points to Jesus. And then Jesus always points to the Father. Right. And it to me, it was just one direction. And like the Father's exactly. at the top, like, exactly. man, I'm, I'm the man. See, that's, I think it was unspoken in my mind, but that's where I was, like exactly how you just said it. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, that's what I love about scriptures. I started really like, wait, Jesus was not only deferential to the Father, but to the right. Spirit. Oh, and the Father got in on this too. I was yeah. like, wow, this is yeah, really interesting. So, so we're going to get into all those instances, but I'm so glad you pointed those out because I think I had this kind of, like I said, this belief I hadn't really voiced even to myself maybe, but was just this kind of false assumption. So thanks for taking it to scripture and shedding some light on it. So first, you know, we see the shyness, the, the deference of the Spirit. And we see him deferring to the Father, right? And and Jesus. Mm-hmm. In John 16, he says he only speaks what he hears. He will only make known what he receives. Talks about glorifying Jesus. He is this arrow pointing to Christ. You, you see the deference of, of Jesus. He's other-centered. His deference is to the Father. In John 5, that he can do nothing by himself. We see in John 6, 12, and 14 that he's pointing to the Father once again. And then we see deference to the Spirit as well in Luke 4, right? He is driven by the Spirit into the desert. Uh-huh. He, he is led by Him. He follows Him. He is sent by Him. He is sent he's by anointed him. by Him. Yeah, and then 4, 418, He's, anoint, yeah, right, sent and anointed by the Spirit too. So we see that interplay there. Um, John 16, uh, He says it's actually better for you when the Spirit comes, right? Yeah, it's he, better that I leave yeah. for Him to come. He shows— How many people say that, Jordan? Sure. Right? 
Yeah, how many pastors are like, hey, it's better that I leave and well, we're going to bring in a new guy because yeah, it's better that your, for you. Isn't that your, your build up when I teach when you're going to be gone? And it's <laughs> yeah. better I Yeah, it's better that I, yeah, I should and do it Danny comes or Jordan comes. No, yeah, you don't just hear that. And especially from the son of God, from deity himself yeah. to say that yeah. is weighty, really weighty. And then we see the shyness of the father, the, the deference of the father to Jesus in John 3 and 5 and Matthew 17. Um, and then in Matthew 12, we're talking about this unforgivable sin, which I'm not sure how much you want to talk about that itself, but just the act of, of talking about how uh, blasphemies will be forgiven against the Father and the Son, and against but against the, the Spirit, it will not be. Not against the Spirit, it will not. So yeah, the, the Father and Son are both like, we're not yeah. We're not going to take it against Him. They're just do elevating us. the Spirit. Yeah, but you're, you can't do that. Do that to him. us, but don't do that to yeah. the Spirit. Yeah. So it's this, it's this deference on really the part of the Son and the Father in that. So, um, I just wasn't aware of all this stuff. Yeah. It's really crazy. And when this, when you get this category, even now, when I'm reading through scripture, I'll be like, that's a new verse. And I'll kind of add it to my list. Somebody texted me today, said they were reading in the scripture somewhere today in the new Testament. They go, I saw another one. And they Mm -hmm. sent me a verse of one they saw. And they go, I, this category was not even in my mind. And for me, it was that way for a long time. And you'll be surprised how much you see this as you read the gospels. And what we see is that God's spirit of deference, it really pervades all that he does. That's what you told us. And so we see that in his creation of humanity, even that it's not like deference. It's almost like, it's almost, I don't, you can correct me. It's almost like with love, like the father doesn't do love. He is love. Yes. Deference is so woven into his, uh, his DNA Yes, that it's not like he chooses it in some instances yeah, and, no. and others right. not. So even as he created us, yeah, it's that, just part, it's that part of that agape love, right? It's that element of deference that allows us to um, choose him or not. Yeah. He didn't create a race of people that would automatically be predisposed to choose him. Could have easily cho- created robots who just automatically every morning said, I love you. You are my favorite. Right. You know, he didn't do that. He created beings who could say, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. done with you. He deferred to us. Yeah. Um, which speaks a lot about humanity and just like, the the honor that he bestows upon us in that way yes. too. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Yeah. And probably part of that whole image of God. We're imaged in his, we're creating his image and God is freely giving this in his community. He's like, we're going to create beings who will let them freely give that. So I want to, I want to push back on something here, Gary, and I have a quick question because we talk about the deference of the Godhead and the humility and the other's focus. but most of us, when we think about God, we think of like this borderline egotistical pompous being that is so big and so powerful, like humans can't even enter his presence. Yeah. Right. Like even looking at his face, like our eyes would melt out of our head. So how is he that, but he is also this like humble others focused being that is like, we use the word shy. He is pushing others to the limelight instead of himself. Talk about how we weigh those two things because that yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. And that to me, that's why I love the Trinity. And to me, it's part of the paradox of the Trinity is that he can be this great, you know, awesome and holy, and he can even demand holiness of us and hold us accountable. But yet he can also have this shy difference, which to me, those don't go together very well. But it's part of me, to me, part of the tension or paradox of who he is. And... That's why I think even the grace and truth, because even yesterday as I was talking about this, I'm like, it's easy. Some guy could show up and hear this and leave me like, oh yeah, God doesn't care what I do. I can do anything. And he doesn't, doesn't care about sin or whatever. And you could, you know, 
we got to hear this in the totality of who God is. And the scripture talks about Jesus' truth and grace. So there's truth to him. I mean, he does want holiness and he expects that. But this is the grace part of him, I think. This deference fits under his grace. And what I love about John 1 is it really emphasizes the grace. Grace comes truth. Grace and truth. And it talks about Jesus. It just emphasizes that grace. So I think this deference is really, to me, a quality that stands out and falls under his grace. Can you talk a little bit about why God is so far above people, but on such an even plane with the other members of the Godhead? Because that's something that I think I've heard questions about since this since you've taught yesterday as well. Yeah, say that one again. So how God could be so far above people, okay. right? Like we will never reach him. Right. But he is so equal with the other members of the Godhead. With like equal within himself? Yeah, equal within the persons of the Trinity. Like he's not looking to exalt himself. The Father's not looking to exalt himself over the Spirit and vice versa. So how, I mean. That's an interesting question. What for, I want to hear what you say first. I'm going to play I off mean, that. Uh, Garen, I am just paid to uh, tee it, it, it up for you. <laughs> yeah. And you're supposed to hit the home run. Now, I think what I would maybe say, and I have no idea if this is right or not, but it's just the nature of his his being, his reality. Like we are created. He is wholly different than yes, us. Yes, wholly different. That he is, he is the only uncreated being. And so in even the essence of who he is and who we are, we're just vastly different. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, we're going to exist in different arenas and we're, we're not going to have access to all of who he is just yes. by his nature. Right. But within his own nature, within the three people of the Godhead, I mean, they are of the same essence. Yes. And so they can honor one another. They are on, yes. on an even playing yep, field. An even playing field because they are all because, divine. Because it's not like it was in my mind where, you know, the spirit is the little brother and he's kind of shy yeah, and he shows up right. once in a yes. while at the end of the story. Yeah. And you know, the son, he plays a small role, but the father, he's yeah, like, the he's big the big brother. heavy, right? He's the heavy, yeah. he's the and, star of the show yeah. kind of. And these two are really in service of him. Yeah. And that's just not, yeah, it's not, not what it is. Yeah. But that, that's why that whole one and he's one in essence, three in persons at that idea that there is, they are different, but they're all divine and they're all equally God. And there's not like levels above them. Yeah. So some of the language we read in the Bible is actually just language, I think, of that deference going on within it. And I was going to say, I mean, you were just talking, we were just talking about the, the deference here. People can't see the recording. They don't know. You stand behind me during this recording all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Actually, you don't even look at me. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm facing the corner right now. Yeah. He's back behind me and he just keeps, he keeps pointing at me and saying, yeah. like, listen to him. I say, hey, it's all about Pay Garen. attention to him. <laughs> Not on the same level as Garen. <laughs> Yeah. Now somebody's going to take that serious. They were. They're going to come here and be like, wow, is this really what's going on? Um, okay. Can I, can I, I'm asking a lot of questions here, Garen, but this is a, that's what a confusing topic. Yeah, it is. It is right. You can't totally get your head around it. I feel like I have a little more leash to ask some questions in these. Is that okay? And I have that leash to say, I just don't know. But anyways, yeah. No, you're contractually obligated to know everything about this, Garen. (laughs) I hope you know. So John 17, 21, you took us there. And this is just a confusing verse for me. And maybe I'm misunderstanding. You can shed some light, but, you know, God is speaking and he says, may they be in us, right? Yeah, Talking he, about may humanity be in us, the Godhead. May they be in us, right? So like, what is he talking about here? What role do we have in the Trinity? Because that's what he's- yeah. Because right before that, he says, as you are in for the Father, as you're in me and I'm in you, Right? may they be in us. I mean, that is, it's mind-blowing. I even yesterday, I think first service, I said, 
we're, we're invited into the divine community. I said, now, okay, I had to stop and say, well, that doesn't mean like we're becoming divine, but it's, it's mind boggling. Cause I tend to think of it like, uh, we're, like we're a little bit invited to his party. He's still the head guy, but we're kind of off. I mean, there's relationship, but that idea of being in them, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing and I don't get it. So by in them, are you thinking like in community with us? It, in community, but there's, if you read anybody who talks about this, they say that language is crazy intimate, like huh. more than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of come back to it in a couple of weeks because there's other places that talks about, that's part of that, that, okay, I'll bring the word up, that perichoresis, that mm-hmm. dance. Part of what they talk about that is this, um, this, being in each other language that's so much in the gospels that the father's in him and that he's in the spirit and right. the spirit's in him and and that that language is very intimate and then when it uses us of us being invited into that it's there's this depth of relationship that i just don't think we can understand doesn't mean we become divine or we become god but he's inviting us into that community in a way that i don't think until we experience it we can even imagine mm. And it is mind blowing. Yeah. Just to hear that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like you're in the father and father's and you want us in, in you, that community. I'm like, that's crazy intimate and I don't get it. And it's, yeah. So one of those things that is going to probably remain unanswered until we, until we actually experience it. Yeah. But the depth of relationship, I think he's inviting us into is way deeper than we can even imagine. Or I guess my next question is, is it something that's already happening now? I mean, the Holy Spirit is inside you and I. So are we also right now being invited? Whatever yes. in the Trinity means, or yes. do we have to wait for death? Like what? Yeah. What do you no. Think so I that? think it will be you know that already not yet. We experience it a little bit now. We'll experience it more because I can even show you in the Scripture that we know it talks a lot about the Spirit being us. But G- Paul says in Galatians two twenty that nevertheless I I live yet not I but Christ lives in me. So it talks. But there's even a place in John that talks about the Father being in us. Mm. So it's, we tend to think primarily the spirit being in us, but actually it talks about all three. Hmm. So there's this really crazy level of intimacy he really wants to have that we, because we still have sinfulness, we can't experience now. It's probably going to be very mind-blowing when we get into eternity with him. This is feeling very trippy right now. Very true. Yeah. And yeah. it is. It's, it's, I can't, I was thinking about that last week and you can't think, I can't imagine what that language means. I wasn't prepared to think this deeply before lunch on a Monday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm I'm still having my tired hangover from yesterday and I'm I can't think about this. But I did last week and I'm like, this is really crazy, intimate. Yeah. And I don't get it. Hmm. Um But again, what oh, the difference of that, Jordan? Yeah. Right? I mean, how many times in human community it's like, hey, it's us three and you know, us four no more. Mm. You get that real and then you're like, man, we don't want to ruin this. Oh wow. He, like that he's like, let's bring these people in. Who am I to, to form this? my own little exclusive group and yeah. keep others out? Yeah. When the father doesn't even do that. Yeah. With the spirit. And the it's son. just, it's just really, if you think about it, it's really crazy. Yeah. I think my main go-to for, you know, kind of uh, sharing that with students on like the need to invite others in and the need to be in community, even in the midst of brokenness was primarily like that Jesus chose Judas knowing what he would do. Yeah. And so it's this picture of we choose, um, we choose brokenness sometimes because we're, it's just a part of community and it's what we're called to. And it's not about choosing our best friend. It's about what's yes. going to shape us and grow us. Yes. But this is like even more powerful, I think. Yeah. That the Trinity had this perfect union, this perfect thing going on, and they decided to allow humanity into it. Who they knew would 
trash it. Which is, yeah, kind of the next thing that I want to talk about because it w- this was really the mind-blowing thing for me yesterday was that the, the Trinity was really opening itself up to grief by entering into relationship with humanity. Because I like to think about, I mean, before time, the Trinity has always been, right? Yes. So they're sitting there in perfect community. And did they weigh the option of like, okay, we could create. But if we do. But if we do, we're letting them in and it's going to, I mean, they had, this is, they're perfect. They had never known grief or pain or betrayal. Rejection or rejection. Or any of yeah. that. Yep. And so it's like, are they kicking around? Like, is it worth it? Like, we're going to feel these things. But, and that's what they were doing when, when we see the G, when we see Jesus experiencing pain on earth or the father grieving the son or the, or the spirit grieving, it's like, man, they'd never felt that before. That was new to them. That was just trippy to me. Yeah. And what I think I've first heard Tim Keller say that the most, the deepest pain in English we go through is relational mm. and that they were willing to be like, it's worth it. To, for us to to experience by creating and knowing this is coming, that we're going to enter into the deepest kind of pain possible. Yeah. I think we always point to the pain of Jesus on the cross. Right. Man, God felt pain. Or even like the father looking down on Jesus, like, oh, he felt the the loss of his son and it was so painful. He looked away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that rift that developed between them. Yeah. We, we tend to focus on what that felt like for Jesus, but can you imagine for the father what that felt like? Because the, you know, the longer you live as a father, you're going to experience a, a father's broken heart in some form, mm-hmm. either seeing your children in pain, just all different ways. And that he was choosing that estrangement for that time. Like the heart, the, the breaking of his heart must have been just And then the, the spirit, because his perfect community was infringed upon too. Yes. Right? Yeah. So wild stuff. Yeah. They'd never felt that before, which just was crazy. And that they willingly entered into that with us. Yes. Once again, speaks to the, the honor that the Trinity gives humans, that they willingly left perfect community, allowed us in, even though it meant pain for them. Yeah. And even the spirit, you know, I think Jesus is the one who I always thought about the most. Even last week when I'm working with that, I'm like, right, the father's pain was so great. And then thinking again about the spirit and his being grieved and quenched and just think today, Billions of people are going to reject his pull and his draw. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah, wow. You know, one person says something funny about me and it can wreck a week. Mm-hmm. He's got billions of people to do it every day to him. Yeah. And that's part of it. You and I will probably do it unknowingly. Yeah, and you and I'll do it. Right. Yeah, we'll miss. He's probably already, you know, whispered things that I have missed this morning because I'm in my yeah. own head and I'm yes. moving. And even in my quiet time, I'm distracted. And yep. So... Yeah, it's one thing for somebody to kind of trash you or do something unkind. If it's family, that's right. even a deeper level. And like, we're his family and he's in us. Yeah. And he's like, and you're doing it too? Wow. Like, can you imagine? The, yeah. So that's part of the price. That's how he's paying a price for all this. That adds a whole new depth to the, the pain of the Trinity that they feel. It's not just Jesus on the cross. It's not just the father viewing his son as taking on the sin of the world. It's the spirit too. It's, it's every part of it. Yeah. Wild. There's this new word that you brought to us, and I think we've said it more in the last 24 hours than maybe in our whole lives combined, but deference, which is the, the noun of deferring something, yeah. right? It's the act of deferring something. Yeah. Um, putting someone else before yourself, deferring to them, I'm going to let them choose. Yeah, let right? them choose. Let them have the limelight. It's like, oh, it's let like, them step in and do this instead like of me. NFL you know? kickoff when you defer at the coin flip. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. 
the NFL is makes it, its way Excuse into uh, yeah, and you know the Broncos the are very trinitarian. They defer every time. Right, the game if they if they win it, they always defer. <laughs> they're so awesome because they're, they're trinitarian. So, yeah, because they're trinitarian. That's why, I think yeah. it, that's really why it is. If I were to ask them, but this word deference it just plays a huge role. And the Trinity, it really is at the core of who they are. They're always deferring to one another. They're in this dance with each other where they're mutually um, exalting each yeah. other. Mutually exalting, mutually submitting, mutually serving. Yeah, just all that mutuality going on. And so the way you ended it yesterday was, since deference is at the core of the Trinity, then it should really be at the core of us too. Yes. Since that's the model community, this is what we ought to look like as people who say we follow him. Right. And so to me, the, the challenge felt pretty clear, right? That deference is a lifestyle for a Jesus follower, that this shyness, this loving deference um, should really be our mark, that we shouldn't be marked by our political posts on Facebook or who we vote for, or it shouldn't be marked by the things we're opposed to or have canceled yeah. or the things we don't like. Or the teams we love. I right. mean, all that, yeah, right? Even, even things about us. Yeah. It should be, our lives should be marked by deference to, to, to one another. Yeah. That's, and like you, when we were talking ahead of time, you mentioned John 13, 35, I think where Jesus says, and I'm going to mention this next week, but if you were not, it's by our love that people know Mm -hmm. that we really know him. So that deference is part of that, that if we're that kind of community, that's how people are like, that's a real Jesus community. Think about this. Think about if people at 12th were known around town for their deference, that we, you know, there's lots of churches in town. There's lots of people who go to church. But what if the people at 12th are even different than that group? Yeah. And that we were so about one another and so about exalting others and putting our stuff on the back burner for the good of others. Yep. Like, what if these people started showing up at like PTO meetings and down, downtown meetings and things? And it's just like, they're just giving themselves away and they're just deferring to others because of their love for Jesus and because... It's who the Trinity is, and so it's who we're trying to be. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That'd be so awesome if that was the mark of 12th. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get better at it every day. I hope that as a body, we can get better at it, and we can be known by it um, because it shows the heart of Jesus, and it's attractive to people. Yes. And it's so much better than just telling someone they're a sinner and yes. <laughs> expecting them to come to the yes. gospel. Like, right. By showing them the beauty of yes. the Trinity, yep. how attractive is that as evangelism? Yep. That's pretty cool. Dude, you're out, you're giving a preview to next week already. So, oh, sorry. Good job. No, that's, that's great. That's the trailer. Yeah. Okay. That when we live like the Trinity, that's the thing that's most compelling to people. Mm. When we exhibit their life, especially yeah. their love, that agape love, and deference is part of that. Yeah. So, can we show deference in our family? Can we show deference in our communities in our church body, um, even in our own lives, even in my own heart, showing yes, deference own- to the Spirit. Right. That I would rather say this or do this, but I'm deferring to the spirit because I know that he's greater than I. Yeah. When I was sitting down writing, like, what does this look like? The first one I wrote was submitting myself to the triune God. No more excuses for not showing deference or being obedient to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's that daily, I'm going to yield to you. That's a form of deference. Yeah. And I'm going to yield to your children. I'm going to be yielding in the body. Yeah. Because my self-obsession does not mirror the deference of the Trinity. Yep. Not at all. It, it does the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, all the self-words, obsession, self-promotion, self-protection. The more that you learn about the character of God and all this, the more you understand the depth of your own sin. Because before, when you're, when you're a baby Christian, you're like, oh, I sin and that was wrong. Right. Right. Or, yeah. And then eventually we're in this place like, well, it probably makes God unhappy yeah. or yes. makes him a little bit sad. And you have some grasp. But then when you really understand that he at his 
core is difference. And he created me to mirror that back. And that and and choosing something else, I'm not imaging himself back to him. Yeah. And just like what that really means to him. Yeah. Man, it's like, oh, yeah. Wow. That's I, a big pain. Right? I'm getting like, closer to understanding the depth of my sin. I'm not even there still, but yeah. Yeah. And that is its own behavior modification because you really don't want to do that. When your parents get mad at you for something, I mean, you might do it again. But when you really like break their heart and yes, you can see that. Yes, sad, and you can see that. Yes. That's like, oh, I never want to do that again. Yes. And, and that's, so, that's how we should see this. That, you know, anytime we elevate ourselves in this body or I've got to, I'm going to fight for my way or my preference yeah. or I'm not willing to be second fiddle. What? I've always led that. I'm, you want me to take the backseat on this one or just all those ways that we do that. Um, yeah. It. If we were looking in his eyes, like there'd be a tear and we were like, that breaks his heart because yeah. that's at the core of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thought. Okay. Okay. So let's commit to ABC. Let's commit to being people who are marked by deference, just like John 13, 35. We're known by our love, but we're also known by our deference. So in everything and every situation, let's get a little bit better at that this week to a, to a watching world. J- Garen, can I, uh, can I hype you up really quick yes. before we go? Because I was in Walmart yesterday with our family and somebody from 12 stopped me and they said, Hey, Garen's message last week about like rows and circles and tables was really good. And it got me thinking that I have two of those, but I really need this third one. So can you help me like find that? And so I think it was useful. Yeah. That's awesome. I think people are thinking in that way. Yeah. I had some tables conversation last week. So, so good job. Yeah. I think good things are happening. Okay. That's what we got. That's great. Thanks for being with us. Everybody else, we'll see you next week.